Hey everybody, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into this episode of the Nerdcast. If you'd like to stay up to date on all things Nerdcast, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Nerdcast one If you'd like to inquire about influencing or joining the discussion, you can send us a message on any of our social media or an email at jrbnerdcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Let's get into it. episode three of the Nerdcast, which means uh, that one of us is going to return to Gundor as king, one of us is going to escape from Azkaban, and the other one's going to turn to the dark side. So I don't know who's going to do which, but we're going to get into it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But before we do that, um, we're going to do a special Christmas giveaway this year. We're going to do an annual Christmas giveaway and since this is, you know, our third episode, this is obviously the first Christmas giveaway. Uh, how do you enter the giveaway, you might ask? It's real simple. You share us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, and you like our pages on all three. You'll be entered to win. I will draw in our New Year's episode. Uh, the winner will be contacted. You will then send me your shirt size and mailing address. And what will you win? Well, obviously a shirt, because you're sending me your shirt size. You will a send me... A pair of pants. <laughs> you will win... Socks. Definitely socks. Yeah. A limited edition, one time only, that I'm not even going to have, JRB Nerdcast t-shirt. You should just get two then. That way you at least have one too. Well, maybe I'll get two. <laughs> So You'll not also as exclusive, 50% <laughs> less exclusive than you thought. You will also <laughs> win three other awesome prizes that I picked up today. Uh, I will have a picture of the poster posted on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter because obviously you can't see it because this is a podcast and it's audio. So, <laughs> Man, look at this thing. It's beautiful. Uh, we have an awesome Star Wars poster with all the characters from uh, episodes one through six. We also have a, um, a Chewy. Mug and hot cocoa set. The mug is Chewie's head. That is the character, not the adjective. Yes. Uh, Chewbacca, mm. his head will be the mug that you I put just thought we'd clarify. Yeah. Great clarification. Also... The cocoa will be liquid. Yes. That's true, too. It won't be Chewie's Hopefully brains. not Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be bad cocoa. The last thing you will win is a pop toy of one... Mr. FN2187 in his first order undercover officer outfit from The Last Jedi. Uh, and if you don't like Finn, you can leave now. Uh, and if you don't like Pop Toys, you can also leave now. So Don't really, though. That's terrible marketing on his side. I'm you just saying. stay, even if you don't like Finn. Alright, that's fair. You should stay. But those that's what you're going to win. All you got to do is uh, share us on all three social media platforms or whatever social media platforms you have, uh, and be sure to tag us in it. Our handle on Instagram and Twitter is TheNerdCast1. I believe it's the same on Facebook. Nick can check that in a little bit because he's good with social media. 
However, if you share us on your social media uh, and tag us in it, you will be entered to win these awesome prizes. So, now we got that out of the way. Uh, we're about to get real sweaty because we're about to get uh, deep like into that. some Star Wars. So, um, you guys have probably already heard by now. But uh, obviously, I'm Josh. And I'm joined today by my two brothers, Matt and Nick. Guys, um, we got a lot to talk about today. Gosh, yeah, there's a lot to think about this week, to be honest. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, topic main topic of today's discussion is obviously um, The Last Jedi a year later. We're recording this actually a year and a week later because we were all busy and Matt was out of town because he lives out of town but he's with us this week because it's Christmas. busy getting second place in an X-Wing tournament. That's true. High five. But I, we're together. I my men's rec league soccer championship. Does that count? High five. High five. It's not Star Wars themed but it's okay. It's not but we won. <laughs> I don't remember what I was doing. So. Probably sleeping. Cell five. Planning this podcast. Probably. That's right. <laughs> Biggest winner. <laughs> I don't know. I got some prizes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's fair. So we're talking Last Jedi today. Uh, we're going to talk initial reactions the night that we left the theater the first time. Or the second time, because the second time we all saw it together in uh, Bolivar, Missouri. Mm-hmm. We met together for the second time, second viewing. So was that? Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that first. was your first. Oh, okay. So it was okay. our second, his first. Mm-hmm. So uh, initial reactions to the film versus how you feel about it a year later, then we're also going to get into some discussion that I know Nick will be more than happy to weigh in on. Um, Snoke, comma, dead, question mark. Oh, I got thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt, we haven't had that discussion, but I know me and Nick have. I actually didn't write them down because I knew that I've already got them all locked in. I was like, I don't even need to write those down. I've memorized my notes. Like, day after, I was like, manuscript. bam, that's locked in my brain forever. Our final topic of the day, however, will be, um, and I don't want to call it Raylo because that turns people that's good, off. good, because I would puke a lot. Mm-hmm. But I do want to discuss, uh, and I'm adding to this question as well that you guys don't know that I'm adding this. Um, the question I false. sent you was, can Ray redeem Kylo or save Kylo, I think was the word I used. Uh, on top of that question, I want to ask, does she want to? So can she, and does she want to? Uh, so two separate questions that kind of go hand in hand. But before we get into all of that, I'm going to throw a curveball and call an audible. Two uh, sports references, all in one. That's two different sports. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, this is a nerd cast, so I don't yeah, well. Can't throw a curveball and call an audible. That's fine, because we're doing both. <laughs> it's the theme. <laughs> First topic of discussion. Uh, you guys know, listeners may not know, I'm a huge fan of the Rebel Scum podcast. If you haven't checked them out, you should, because they're awesome. Uh, Brock and James do a fantastic job. I will also be featured on their New Year's episode, so be sure to tune into that. Um... They did an episode last week of episode 9 predictions, and they wanted to know, one of the questions that uh, their good friend Andrew Fantasia asked was, will we see Leia's death and or funeral in the upcoming episode? I want to know your thoughts 
um, because I don't know. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. So here, here are uh, my thoughts completely on the subject. I don't think it matters, but I would like to. I'd like to see a funeral scene. And when I say funeral scene, I mean like Padme's funeral scene that you mm-hmm. see in, in episode three. Yeah. Like, I'd like something like that. I don't. It's not necessary, and it wouldn't really add... It wouldn't add much. It would just take up time, honestly. Like, if, if I'm just being, like, analytical, like, that sounds really harsh to say. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, Carrie Fisher means a lot to all of us. And so her character just inevitably means a lot to us. And then Leia is also just awesome. Uh, even if you separate Leia and Carrie Fisher, Leia stands uh, tall on her own anyway. But I don't think that narratively it makes a huge difference. I think it just takes up a little bit of story time that we could get. With that said, I would absolutely, absolutely love to see it. And that's I think that's just part of... Uh, like, Carrie Fisher's just, you know, such a huge part of this that I think it would, a lot of people would be upset if we didn't see the end of that character. And so I, I do think that we will see it, but I don't know that it will be as much as people think it will be. Yeah, you gotta bring some kind of closure right. to her character. Because the new trilogy has for, exactly. for Han and Luke, so there yeah. has to be some kind of closure. That being said, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's necessary. Um, but I agree. I, I would like to see it. Right. Mainly just for that reason, for closure. Because episode 7, you got Han's wrap-up. Episode 8, you get Luke. And in episode 9, it follows suit. It makes sense that, you know, Leia would get her, like, right. her wrap-up. So... It's interesting, though, I don't know when it was, maybe six months ago or something like that, um, I read an article that Carrie Fisher is definitely going to be in episode nine, which mm-hmm. I think we all knew. Right. Nobody was like surprised by that. But she was going to be in it, but not as CGI. Right. They're going to use shots they essentially found filmed, footage. Right, mm-hmm. but didn't use for episode right. seven, which I think is awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I think... That's way better than mm-hmm. a CGI version of Leia. I think that's because, great. Well, and and one thing is, with just talking about CGI, there like we have amazing CGI now, like as we saw with Leia and Tarkin, Tarkin. from Rogue One. Yeah. But I don't remember what the theory is called. But there's this, uh, there there's this graph, right, on the internet with CGI, that like as something becomes more and more realistic the human brain starts to think of it as less and less realistic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like we can perceive, just based on the fact that we know that it is CGI, our brain just like immediately makes it stand out, even though it realistically real. it yeah. isn't. Like, in Rogue One, that CGI is done fantastically. But our brain knows that Tarkin right. isn't, yeah, real and Leia, so yeah. Leia isn't real and so our brain just immediately makes them stand out and makes them think <clears> that they're <throat> less real and it's I don't remember what that's called but there's like this whole graph that like as it gets closer and closer to reality it's like all of a sudden Your it's brain. not okay anymore mm-hmm. right 
Which is why I think using, in essence, and I say this with air quotes, lost footage right, is the best way to go. Yeah. I think it would be interesting, though, because... I think it'll be more of a combination with a a very light CGI. Yeah, I agree. Because unless they were planning from episode 7's filming to kill her in Mm -hmm. this episode and planning accordingly, which... Who knows if they were or not? I lean toward probably they weren't at that right. point because who knew that she was right. going to die, right? In real life, who knew that Carrie Fisher was going to die? So I'm like, is there a scene that they filmed with a funeral procession with some sort of death? Probably not, and so that's mm-hmm. where the the blending might have to happen. So who knows? It'll be interesting to see what happens regardless. But I, I lean the same way you do, like yeah. not necessary. <clears throat> I'd like to see it, though, just right. for closure. And I'd like to point something out, though. I don't know that Star Wars actually does this, because they haven't actually said one way or the other, but I know Marvel does this. And since both of them are Disney now, I would assume there would be a lot of carryover here. Marvel films a lot of scenes that never see the light of day, mm-hmm. just so that the actors themselves don't actually know what the movie will look like. Yeah. Star Wars... I don't and know so that Star I, Wars I don't know does that it to that extent, that. but I don't know that they've do done that. that, but that would make sense with that so maybe they did film something in episode 7 when they were filming it just so that the on initial like cut the actors wouldn't have a full like Mm -hmm. they wouldn't be able to spoil it as much because they're like well are they going to go with Leia dying this episode or is so I I mean it could be something as quote unquote simple as that right I, I think I lean more towards agreeing with the two of you of like I don't think it's necessary um, as far as like the story of the sequel trilogy I don't think it's I don't think it's integral to the story of the new movies uh, but I think for nostalgia's sake it's something mm-hmm. that needs to happen mm-hmm. um, and, and just to pay tribute to Carrie and everything that she means yeah. to Star Wars and Star Wars fans right. yeah. it, it you know, like I, like both of Forever you said, our princess, you know? yeah, like she. I don't think it it necessarily needs to happen. I would like to see it happen. If it doesn't happen, I won't leave the theater disappointed. Well, the thing is, if it doesn't happen, there would be a bigger uprising than there was hate for the Last Jedi. Yeah, I I agree, and I think I think J uh, J Abrams is. I think I mean, he, he he's that. he's he the perfect that. pick to direct this final piece of this trilogy because I think uh, Ryan Johnson did a fantastic job segueing into it and I think J.J. Abrams is going to do great taking his original story and, and closing it with what Ryan has added and and I think part of that is going to be you know the the final hero uh, moving on and because you know obviously when they wrote but what Force about Chewie? If Chewie, I'm just kidding. if I'm Chewie kidding. dies, I will riot. Like I'm, I'm driving to wherever <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy lives, and I'm gonna picket at her uh, at her door if, if she kills Chewie. Years old, they kill him after 300 years. That's just... <laughs> the only way that I would want Chewie to die is if he does it like Yoda and just fades into the Force. <laughs> like let's be He's real. been a Jedi all along. Yeah. <laughs> He's the Jedi master. <laughs> Uh, so that's what they were talking about, the Last Jedi. The last yeah, Jedi. Chewie. Oh, Chewie. He was that's flying a, the Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great segue um, to move into our first actual topic of this episode, um, the Last Jedi, then and now. 
So I want your initial reaction when you left the theater last December versus like if you watched it last night, how you felt when the credits rolled last night. So Nick, you started. Matt, yeah, you want to so start? start? Yeah, I'll go first this time. Um, I, I thought about this a lot this week really because I watched The Last Jedi last week. Um, Kaylee and I finished up the series again, watching them all in chronological order. Uh, with timeline, including Rogue One, uh, Solo, and Rebels, and but I watch Rebels a lot on my own. So, um, so we watched the Last Jedi last week, and my perception of it is a lot different, if I'm honest, um, than when I first saw it. And I, I'm indifferent about the Last Jedi still, and what I mean by that is I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's like it's like a hard like, you know what I mean? Like it, I, I like it a lot, but I don't love it. And it's just because watching Star Wars as an adult is the most amazing and frustrating thing <laughs> at the same time. I can agree. Because as an adult, a lot of the wonder is gone. Like I remember when episode two came out, I was in like junior high and I thought it was incredible. And then as I watched it again as an adult, I'm like, this isn't that great. I mean, it's, it's a good film, but it's just not that great. And so I went into The Last Jedi with a lot of wants, and I, I wanted things to happen, and they didn't happen the way I envisioned, or the way I wanted, or I would have done it. Uh, not saying that I know better than anyone who would have made the film, but not just not how I would have done it. And so my initial reaction was, really, really good film, I really enjoyed it, but I just left a little bit like, ah, I felt like he was missing something. And a lot of it was just nitpicky little things on my part, like not anything major to the story. Like there was nothing in the major storyline that I left like that was not done right. I felt like all the storylines were, were fine. There were little nitpicky things. The biggest one that stands out to me and still stands out to me, um, even last week as I was watching it, was Rose goes into this big story about how she was mistreated and enslaved and all that whatever as she was a kid and then she frees the animals and not the kids like she she's like slavery is awful but let's leave these kids in slave like that just kind of it annoys me it, mm -hmm. and it's not it has no impact on the movie at all but there's little things like that that I'm seeing as an adult that I'm like some of the wonder is missing as I'm watching these movies uh, that's just kind of frustrating but then at the same time, you're watching like the throne room scene, and it's just this incredibly beautifully shot fight scene that rivals any of them in Star Wars. Uh, it's you know one of probably the top two or three. Yeah, I was gonna say fight easily scenes, top three. You know, Duel of Fates in, in the whole the series, and that. cartoons included. Like yeah. just Star Wars name is probably one of the best choreographed and filmed fight scenes. And those are happening at the same time. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, this is beautiful. This is amazing. This is incredible. And then I'm nitpicking little things. And so I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm really frustrated. So that's where I land. I, I left the theater last December feeling like there's just something missing. And then I watched it last week and still felt like, I don't feel like there's anything missing from this film. I, I'm just not there yet to where like I love this movie. I can agree with that. Transition, Transition. to my view. 
<laughs> I left the, the theater. Awesome, I left the theater, and I was like, "That's the best Star Wars film that's ever been made." <laughs> I watched it the next night, and I was like, "It's even better tonight than it was last night." I went and watched it five more times in theaters. Every time, coming away with, "I love this film more and more." I watched it again last night, and I found even more things to love about it. I I love this film, literally, like from the moment the crawl starts. Until the very end. There is not a single moment that I would change at all. There's a lot to love about it. Like, yeah. I, you know, I don't want that to sound cynical or like, no, no, wow, I, this and, dude hates this movie. Right. hates Star Wars. That's not the case. <laughs> there's a, a lot to love about it. I, I just, there's... I'm there's, overanalyzing a lot. Right. And even like the, even the moments that, uh, that a lot of people have like issues with, I just don't. And, and I like... I legitimately, like, when I was watching last night, I was trying to be analytical. I was like, <laughs> I was here's too. the thing. I watched last night, too. When I was, <laughs> Pull it apart. When I was watching it, I was like, pay attention for all of those little things that everybody doesn't like. And this is probably the 20th time, 21st time I've seen this movie. You know, and so, like, I wasn't watching for the story. I, I knew, like, essentially every line that was going to happen. I was trying to watch, like, every little thing that people didn't like. And I, I could not make myself not like it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I won't get into all of them, but specifically Canto Bite. People have such a huge problem with Canto Bite, but there are two things that you learn from Canto Bite like, that are huge. And if it didn't happen, the entire story is completely derailed. That Finn through the entirety of The Force Awakens, like, as soon as he bonds with Rey, he's, like, attached to Rey, right? And then from then until Canto Bite, his only focus is Rey. Mm-hmm. Even when he's like, no, I can, no, we can get that tracker stopped, it's so that Rey doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Like, his focus is to save Rey. Mm-hmm. Then, while on Canto Bite, when he's listening to Rose talk and and he's on canto and he's like this place is awesome why don't you like this and then she starts to explain like this is all of this like the only business in the galaxy that can get you this rich is war and he's like oh wait a minute like oh i get it <laughs> no there's more there's more to this world than ray and like ray's awesome but there's more and there's a reason that I should be part of this resistance. And up it and he's literally about to leave. Like he's he's trying to yeah. escape. And then he gets thrown into this whole adventure. And it shows okay, so that's the first thing. Is that Finn like realizes what that he has something to fight for, essentially. That yeah, there's, there's people a right in this movie that people don't that there's people to fight for that can't fight for themselves. Specifically those kids. And then I have to disagree with you there on that. Because I, I think logistically they wouldn't have been able to save them, and so no, that's probably I why. That's why I'm saying it's it's a critical little nitpicky right. thing that I'm and like, that's come like on, save the kids, but then it's right. like, you let them out of the cage, and where do they go? Right, yeah. like, like, you know? that's the thing. They're kids, like, man. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and the thing is, like, even the force using kid, like he's gonna get thrown right back in jail. At that point, like that may have happened because mm-hmm. all that happened was the door opened. All of the kids were out in the open there. They yeah. maybe they ran away. If they ran away, they, they just got happened, caught yeah. again and got put back right. in there. So. Uh, but like we also see Rose's 
flaw here. And this is what a bunch of people miss. So a lot of people will be like, yeah, the only reason for Canto Bite was so that Finn is now an actual member of the Resistance. He has, like, an actual character story. He's not just Ray's sidekick. Which is part of it. Right. And, that, and yeah, that is a big part of it. But I think the bigger part of it is that this Resistance as a whole has the exact same philosophy as the Jedi. Where they looked at this as being an absolute thing. Right? When they saw Dooku, just as an example, they were like, he's evil. Period. That's the end of it. When Rose sees all of these rich people, she says, they're evil. They're selling to the First Order. Period. There's nothing else. They're all evil. We should destroy them all. Mm -hmm. Then later on, uh, you find out that no, actually, they're selling to both sides. They're selling to both and sides. See, people complain about DJ, and I think DJ is. I think DJ is a. Think he's, a use, fine. he's a useless character, in a way, for the extent of what they used him for. Like they could have, they they didn't have to cast Benicio del Toro and make it a big deal. They could have just you know cast Joe Blow off the street and had that well, role. Maybe, but I like the character of DJ in the sense that like he's the reason that Finn gets it now. Like he. Like, right. DJ's the reason that Finn understands both sides of it now. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, like, Rose's development there is just as important, and people gloss over that. It's like, she doesn't change her mind. From then until the end of the movie, she still has no idea. Mm -hmm. DJ didn't tell her. Mm -mm. Right. So now this is a looming thing that, like, She's been a part of the Resistance for a while. The rest of the Resistance probably has the exact same mindset of every warmonger, everybody who's profiting off of this, is just evil. Mm -hmm. Right? That's a terrible mindset. <laughs> and that's what Finn is getting drawn into. Until DJ is like, no, it's, it's all a machine. Then we leave Cantobite, and the rest of the movie, I literally can't even find a flaw in like, I try, and I can't. I loved it then. I love it now. I will forever love it. Uh, the first time I watched it was in theaters with you, Nick, um, here at home. And I left thinking, holy crap, this is an amazing film. That was my initial reaction. When the credits started to roll, I thought, this is amazing. Then I got in the car and drove home and started discussing with my wife. And the more that we talked about it, the more I thought, I don't like this movie. <laughs> the more we talked about it, I was like, this doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie. Like, it just it just didn't feel like a Star Wars movie to me. Uh, but then when we went and watched it for a second time, we had the luxury of driving two hours away to see it with Matt in Bolivar. Um, and... Which is not where I live, but... No, he doesn't live in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. But if you listen to episode two, you understand that Matt lives in Kansas City and found a tampon next to his car once. So Recently. That's the first line of episode two if you want to go Merry back and, and click into it. <laughs> <laughs> but driving back from Bolivar... Um, well, actually, Brittany drove back from Bolivar. So I got to just kind of sit there and stare out the window and, and think about the film. Let it simmer. Yeah. And me and Brittany... You know, once we got to about Springfield, we had, you know, hour, hour and a half left of our drive, and we finally started talking about it. And 
after the second viewing was when I was like, okay, this film, I may not like every aspect of it. I may not agree with Ryan Johnson's decisions in, you know, in their entirety. Uh, but overall, I can say my initial reaction to the film was, I love this film. I watched it last night uh, with Brittany again, because everything I do is with Brittany, because welcome to married life. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> I said it like it was a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Check your tone. <laughs> <laughs> but we watched the movie last night, and um, Brittany fell asleep like right before the best part, when Luke is facing the First Order. And... And uh, she fell asleep right before it, and I didn't realize because I'm sitting in my chair and she's on, on the couch laying down, and I'm talking to her the whole time. <laughs> the whole time this whole thing is going on when Luke comes out and he faces the first I'm order. glad I watched it alone then. <laughs> and, and I'm talking to Brittany the whole time, and she's not listening to a word of it because she's snoozing. And uh, I realized, like, it, it was the first time it really clicked for me that... Uh, and you guys are probably going to think I'm crazy for the first time I realized this was last night, a year later. Luke says to Ray on Octo, you think I'm going to walk out with a laser sword and face the entire First mm -hmm. Order? And then at the end of the movie, that's exactly what he does, is he walks out and faces the Man, First Order this, with a laser sword. <laughs> this movie mirrors itself a lot, and a lot of people don't realize that. It's like, if you cut it down the middle, it mirrors itself a lot. There's a lot of times when, when like Alina said One in the of beginning of the movie, rocks. right? Lifting rocks. There's a lot of things in, that happen in the beginning of the movie that are then immediately answered at the end of the movie, and that's like extremely poetic. And people mm -hmm. don't give that nearly enough credit. And Ryan Johnson is a genius. <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, um, I I give this film, you know. On my scale of Star Wars movies, I think the ranking that I sent to Rebel Scum Podcast, uh, another shout out to you guys, um, I think the rankings that I sent them, it comes in like third or fourth. And so, you know, it's pretty high on my ranking Star Wars list. It's not number one. Empire will forever be number one. Uh, no, but this... Dude, no, dude, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Return's great. Return's great. The green lightsaber? Come That's on, okay. You're both bro. wrong anyway. <laughs> uh, but this movie... <laughs> That's fine. This movie... While the, you know, plot points in the storyline don't exactly mirror Episode 5, the theme of the movie mirrors Episode 5. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I think that... And that's one reason that I love it so much now, a year later, is like, this film is... I don't feel like it's like a rehash of Episode 5. I don't feel right. that way at all. No, not at all. But, but it, it brings the same ideas. Right, mm -hmm. and I think this is, this is a good way to look at it. Uh... We don't know how that ends. Mm -hmm. This is the middle film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, when Empire came out, I don't know this. This may be completely false. But I would assume after watching Empire the first time, you would come out of that theater saying, you this movie sucked. Yeah. Every bad guy won. Right. Like, I have the it on... good guys lost everywhere. This is a bad movie. Yeah. I have it on good authority that in, uh, in 1980... That's exactly how people felt leaving exactly. the Exactly. Now and we look back at it as one of, if not the best. Like, right. almost, like, I'd say probably 90% of people say either five or six is their favorite, favorite yeah. of all time. With a few saying four just because, like, it's, it's that's what first, introduced like, them to It's them or, Star Wars. Or, but for, like, 
narrative purposes, a lot of people will say either five or six. Well, and that's the thing is like people should have known just by the title The Empire Strikes Back that the heroes were not going to win that film. Well, but the thing is like you don't like there's a good way for that film to end well. The Empire Strikes Back could just mean there's an attack that the Empire could, like, well, that, that's fair. Like let's put it this way. Yeah, let's let's put fair. it this way. If Hoth was that entire movie, The Empire Strikes Back, yeah, they attack Hoth, but then if the rebels defend Hoth, it's still the Empire striking back, but the Rebels win. You That's know what fair. I mean? Right. I, I, I think, to wrap up this first Last Jedi segment, um, I think Boy, we can... Boy, how do you love the film. We can That's all, all agree... <laughs> we can all agree that... Um, Have you like. Yeah. <laughs> we can all agree that it's, it's, a, it's a hard yes on do we love this movie. It's a hard yes. Because, yes, there are flaws with it, just like every movie, but in... You know, in its entirety, it is a Star Wars movie, and well, we were talking about this before we before we started recording. Like even Episode Two, we don't love Episode Two, but we love Episode Two more than ninety percent of other films in the world because it's a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and I and I don't feel that way about Last Jedi. I'm just making that comparison because like even if you don't like the Last Jedi, it's still Star Wars. Well, and here's the thing: is like it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie because in essence, it's not. Like, if, if you just broke it down and looked at just this movie, if you took the Force and lightsabers out of this, it's not Star Wars. No. And, like, that's not a bad thing, though. I think that's what, like, the, the lines are literally, this isn't going to go the way you think. Yeah. And let the past die, kill it if you must. Like, or kill it if you have to, sorry. Like, if we're not able to move forward then we will never get anything new and that's like obviously like the three of us agree on that and we've talked about that plenty but like that's just the truth is 95% of Star Wars fans that that don't like The Last Jedi are just like it's not episode die. 5 I'm like, yeah. well if it was episode 5 you'd hate it and that's the thing is like people complain because it's not like episode 5 but then people complained because Force Awakens was like episode 4 right and it's the like thing is, there's like, no winning in if you're directing and acting in a new Star Wars film people are gonna hate you like, that's just right. how it is because the, people are inherently bad and the thing is like <laughs> like you said if we if we make it too much like Empire then people hate it. Yep. If we make it nothing like Empire, people hate, people hate people it. People hate it. And so you may as well go with the better story. Right. <laughs> like, people are going to hate it either way, so you may as well set up a really great story. Mm-hmm. So moving on from Last Jedi, um, to talk more about a specific scene in The Last Jedi. <laughs> uh, moving on from The Last Jedi to The Last Jedi. <laughs> So I want to pose this question, Matt. I'll go, I'll go last on this. Yeah, Matt, I want you to go first again because <laughs> I have a much shorter answer, so that's probably the best. I don't know. My answer's pretty short, but it's me and Nick have talked about this. A lot of explanation. <laughs> I can, yeah. Me and Nick have talked about this at length, uh, and I've talked about this with other Star Wars fans that I know. I've talked about this with um, people that aren't Star Wars fans that have seen the film that you know uh, have seen the new ones, and they're like, "Oh, well, why did this happen?" The question is. Snoke question or Snoke comma 
dead question mark. Snoke question mark? Com- dead comma? <laughs> <laughs> dead comma? Snoke comma dead question mark. Is he wrote Snoke it in a notebook. He didn't type dead. it in Grammarly. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, Yikes. Um, Pen and paper, boys. So my answer to this question is twofold. Um, no, I don't want him to be dead. Sure. Because I think... Regardless of all the, the kickback that he's gotten, and I threw some of that kickback onto him and criticism when Last Jedi first came out, and I've now come to appreciate his character and what he represents. Um, I, I just think he's a good addition to Episode Nine, right? Like, I just think if he's in the movie, if he's not dead, the way that you bring him back is going to be very interesting and very, like crucial to how the film plays out but also just his character in general like because in episode 6 it was like the emperor is in a sense because we haven't really seen him before this point he's all powerful like he makes Darth Vader bow in front of him Mm -hmm. that's insane because Darth Vader is the fear of the galaxy yeah like episode 4 Episode 4, Vader's the big bad. Then you get episode 5, and they're like, oh, Vader bows to somebody else. And then you get episode 6, and you're like, oh, man, this, guy this dude's insane. legit. Yeah. And so it's like, that's who Snoke is, essentially, in the new trilogy. It, he's not, but that's essentially, you know, the type, the archetype that he is. He's the big bad guy. And so I think he just adds to episode 9, however he's there. So I hope, yes, he, or dead, question mark, I hope no. I hope he's alive, or they bring him back some point. That being said, I think he is going to be dead. Um, and, and here's why. Because Kylo killing him created the new big bad, which is Kylo. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's the big bad that we're going to look at and say, wow, is he all-powerful? Yeah. Can he be stopped? And is everyone going to bow to him? I think that's how Episode Nine actually plays out. Like I said, I think Snoke adds to Episode Nine if he's there, if he's alive. He adds a cool element to that story, and it's going to be really interesting to see if they do. I think he's dead, though, because I think that's a huge moment for Kylo yeah. and his character, which plays into your next question, I know, but so I won't go there. But <laughs> like, I just I think that's Kylo's moment. Like, killing Han was monumental. Yeah. It was huge for his development and his turn to the dark side. Now this is his solidification mm-hmm. into there's no coming back now. Like he he wanted the throne and he literally wanted to kill Snoke to get it and he did. Right. Yeah. And if so he that, if I he was able to was. pull the trigger and kill Leia, then that's the moment. Right. But, but he, he wasn't. but he's not able to. Because at yeah. that point he's still struggling. Right. As soon as he kills Snoke, they Switch kill all the guards. Force. Yeah. And he's just like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Now yeah. I know what power tastes like. Yeah. yeah. And it's that exact same moment that Anakin has. Well, and what makes me think that is the very first thing, after the after the fight scene is over, the dust is settling, and the sparks are flying, like literally, the first thing Kylo does is look at the throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the first thing he does. He doesn't like, clearly he cares about Rey, and you see that in the, that moment there, but that's not the first thing he does. Oops. The first thing he does isn't check to see if Snoke's dead or make sure that the guards are... The first thing he does is deactivate the lightsaber, look right at the throne. Yep. Like, ooh, that's a huge sign. Like, yep. that was what was mm-hmm. going through his mind the whole time is, I kill all these dudes, 
I convince Ray to join me, I sit in that chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Well, and I think, like, in his mind, Ray is the only person that stands a chance that at taking that from yeah. him. Right, right. And so that's what that moment is about. It's not about, like, I actually legitimately care. And, and that's, like, the symbolism of in the hut, he takes off the glove. Yeah. And he extends the hand, and it's, like, a, a raw thing. Like, this is real me. And then in the throne room, he doesn't. He leaves the glove on. Right. And it's, it's like, that's what's the tell uh, to where, like, this is fake now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, onward to my answer. Uh, Snoke? Dead? Yes, I didn't he's answer. Dead. I thought you yeah, wanted to go well, last. Well, eh, well. It's right. your podcast. I'll you go, go last. last. I'll go last. Snoke? That's dead? Cool. Host always goes Yes, last. absolutely. Fair. If he's alive, it's a mistake. And, and here's, here's the reason why. Yes, all of those things are true that he mirrors Palpatine, but... Not in the same way, for sure. But, well, very, very similarly. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, like, no, we didn't see Palpatine at all in four. Okay? We saw him in two movies, and he got the exact same story arc as Palpatine in five and six. Right. Just moved forward a movie. Mm-hmm. We got... When we saw Kylo... We saw Kylo Ren first... And he was the big bad that all of the stormtroopers were listening to on uh, whatever the uh, on that planet, yeah, Jakku, yeah, on Jakku, and uh, when he kills Lord Santeca, yeah, and then immediately we cut to him bowing before mm-hmm. this gigantic hologram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the deceit, the the deceit from J.J. Abrams in uh, Force Awakens it, was was real. <laughs> it is. It's just an expedited story arc of the same character. Yeah, and it's like if you strip down the names and all you did was look at the scenes, that's just like that's the storyboard of four, five, and six condensed down into two movies, mm-hmm. down to the apprentice or not necessarily apprentice, but the the Sith destroying the master, right? right? Mm-hmm. Kylo destroying Snow. It's the exact same thing. So if he comes back. It's a huge mistake, and not only because then it diminishes Kylo's evil, mm-hmm. because playing into that next point, so I won't go as far into that, but if Kylo didn't actually kill him, then Kylo's not actually evil. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it boils down to. <clears throat> right. And if Kylo's not actually evil, then this movie sucks. Right. <laughs> and that's just all it is. Mm-hmm. And... Just like for everybody that's like, oh, well, we need to know more about Snoke. Well, we didn't need to know more about the Emperor. We no. saw the Emperor for a few scenes in five and six, and we just immediately were like, yep, that dude's evil. I don't mm-hmm. need to know anything else. Yeah. With Snoke, we saw him, and the first thing we asked was, well, what is his backstory? Right. Like, yeah. why is he evil? And see, but was he abused as a child? And it's like, right. it doesn't matter. He's Who evil. Yeah. Like, see, that's what that's what bothers me when people are like, we need to know more about Snoke. And I'm I'm on the hype train. Like, sure, yeah, look, give me give sure, me a Snoke learn, novel. Learn right. more about him. But the thing is, we got that later on for sure. Yeah. And see, see, that's what I'm getting at. Is like, sorry, Palpatine for the. Uh, uncultured. <laughs> and see, that's what I'm getting at, though. Is like in five, in five and six, in eighty and eighty three, people were like, "Oh, that's the emperor," and they just accepted it. Right. It wasn't until 1999, and then whatever the other release dates were. I think episode three was 2005 or something. So whatever two was, I don't remember because it's my least favorite. But until that time period, 
we didn't know where he came from, who he was, what his you know what his arc was, and, and really we still didn't. We well, got that's his. Fair. We got his mind. That was yeah. It. But still, like people who watch these new films and they're like, and, and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm still on the hype train of like, yeah, give me a Snoke novel. Let me know where he comes from because I think it's interesting. I think it's cool. Right. I, I'd like to know that, but I don't think it's necessary to the story because. We didn't know, until the prequels, we didn't know where Palpatine came from. And that's when, when people are like, well, yeah, but we got that in the prequels. Like, yeah, but we didn't have that until 15, 1999. 15 years later. Yeah, like, we didn't like, know that. Okay, in and that's 15 the thing. years, if we don't know who Snoke was, then you can complain. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let then it, you can let be like, okay, Ryan, like, come on. Yeah. But right now, we don't need to know that. And and Ryan Johnson said this, and, and I agree with it all. 125%. Okay? For those of you who don't know math, that's more than physically possible. <laughs> he said He said that he thought about putting a scene in the throne room or a line in the throne room where Snoke tells Rey who he was. But he cut it because it wouldn't matter at all to Rey. Right. Because Rey is the hero. Ray is the person who we're seeing this trilogy through, right? Ray is the focus. And now there are other focuses, but right. in that moment, Ray and Kylo are the focuses. Mm-hmm. Snoke is an extra. And see, that's the thing is like, it wouldn't matter to Ray because what matters to Ray is Kylo. Right. All Ray <laughs> needs to know is that this guy's evil. It doesn't matter if he's Darth Plagueis or if he's Palpatine. Or if he's do. yeah, or it doesn't matter. It literally does no. not matter at all <laughs> to it. It could literally be anybody to Ray, and he, he's still just Snoke, mm-hmm. because Ray wouldn't know those names anyway, right? And so his his reasoning was it literally wouldn't matter to her. It would only matter to the audience. So why would so I why put, put that in, in the yeah. movie if it's unimportant? Mm-hmm. Like, and Snoke would know that. Snoke would know if I she tell her, care. if I say, How, you don't know that I'm Darth Plagueis the Wise? Yeah. And she's going to be like, no, man, who's that? Yeah. I've never heard that story. Give me back my lightsaber. Right. <laughs> and like, then it's just this whole thing of like, it's an awkward scene that is supposed to be a dramatic scene. And like, mm-hmm. that would ruin the entire throne room, which yeah. is arguably one of the best th- scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Top like four, at least. But yeah. So I think... Um... I think I'm the same as Matt on this. I don't feel as strongly about it as you do, Nick. I, I feel like... <laughs> if Snoke is alive, it's a really big mistake. <laughs> I feel like if Snoke is alive, uh, that's fine with me. Like, I I don't care to the point of, like, you know, like I mentioned, yeah, give me a Snoke novel to read. Like, give me sure. give me something to read, like a comic book or a, you know, a, a miniseries on YouTube about Snoke. Like, that's cool. Uh, because I think he's a cool character. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, if they bring him back in nine, I won't be disappointed. You know, I won't be upset. I won't, you know, think any less of J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson's stories that they've created. I, I still think they're fantastic, and I haven't even seen nine yet. And I think it's fantastic. Um, oh, it is. <laughs> I've seen Are you it on twice. the storyboard? <laughs> I've seen it twice. <laughs> I, I literally can't say. Uh, if, I, if I tell you, I'll have to. Not disclosure agreements. You know. <laughs> just don't tell me on the podcast. Just yeah. tell me when we're not recording. Yeah. Uh, I can't even do that. <laughs> but Disney I, I think, will literally kill me. <laughs> I think um, if Snoke comes back, I don't care one way or the other. Uh, I think. Do I think he's dead? 
I think physically he's dead. His I, tongue was hanging out of his mouth. That's here, a pretty good sign. I think physically but... he's dead, but here's my theory on Snoke is that uh, we've had this discussion, and, yeah. it, and it doesn't really it doesn't really matter what it's my an theory. Interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah, it is. We'll save it, it for later. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what my theory is on Snoke because He's ultimately, from the old Republic. Yeah. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what I think because it matters what J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson sat down and, and collaborated on and, and wrote as the supreme leader. But my theory is is one of the most popular. On it's not my theory. It's the one I'm. Yeah, it's the one that uh, I align with is that that Snoke is Plagueis, uh, and and I think the reason one of the biggest reasons that I think that is, and this is going to seem really minute and elementary when I say it, but but this is like legitimately the reason that I think this is that um, Snoke's physical form is strikingly similar to Vader's physical form when the mask is removed, and that being said. Uh, we know that it's not Vader because we know and we we saw Anakin's arc in one through six and we saw it end and we know that they wouldn't do that to Darth Vader. They wouldn't do that to Anakin. Uh, if they well, do, Luke, I think it's a major disservice. And Luke burned the body, and that's yeah. Mm-hmm. And in canon, like there, that would be the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it it may be. Snoke in a sense of, or not Snoke. I think Snoke is Plagueis Snoke in a sense is of Snoke. I can guarantee you that. Yes, <laughs> um, no good theory. The, <laughs> the way that, and the Plagueis novel is not canon, of course, but the way that the Plagueis novel, I have, I have an opinion on that that I'll share at a different time. Yeah. <laughs> the way that the Same. Plagueis novel works is that Plagueis is not really a physical being. He's, a he, yeah, he he hops from physical form to physical form like a plague would and that's why he's called Plagueis Plagueis. Uh, and so I think maybe Darth Plagueis has transferred his energy and his life life force or whatever you want to call it into that of Darth Vader but then you know then you run into the well was Vader's body actually in the suit or Luke burned the suit but was you know the body's there and and so you run into a lot of things. A lot of rabbit trails. Really. Yeah, so ultimately, yeah. ultimately, I don't care who Snoke is. I don't care if he's dead or not. Do I think he's dead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I want him to be dead? I don't care. I, I don't think it adds or takes away from the story at all. Here's the, the last thing I'll say about this, and then we can move on. If he is in Episode Nine, <coughs> the only way that he can be in Episode Nine, Flashback. And it not be... Well, other than a flashback. I mean, like, in current time period episode 9 the only way he can be in that and it not completely ruin the entirety of the last jedi is if he is a force ghost yeah i could see because that. Because, yeah. because we've never seen a sith do that right. we assume that a sith can't do that right. but snoke isn't a sith yeah right and so yeah, we Pablo Hidalgo said as much right like, so we don't know what his limits are mm-hmm. right so if he, and, and now, okay, this is the theory that, like, I think makes the most sense. I don't know, th- I don't think it'll actually happen, but this is what, like, makes the most sense to me, is that Luke, n- not maybe not, maybe didn't know, but he had a strong feeling that Kylo was probably going to kill Snoke. And so, there's a possibility of him actually getting to Crate, right? There's the possibility. It is very, very small Odds are very, very much stacked against him. But 
Instead, he chooses to sacrifice himself through this force projection uh, because he knows that Snoke, in dying, with his last words being, I can't be betrayed, like, the theory says he he knew that was going to happen. Like, he's in Kylo's mind, so he, th- he theoretically knew, okay, this is the moment where Kylo thinks he wins. Mm-hmm. And... I'm, a, I'm allowing that to happen, in mm-hmm. a way. And then, because of that, he's able to then, quote-unquote, transcend to the next plane, or whatever you want to call it. And that would be, like, this force ghost, force projection type thing. Sure. And then Luke, uh, knowing that, then sacrifices himself so that he is also on the same plane uh, of existence as Snoke. Then, in Episode Nine, we see Kylo and Rey fighting... And we also get an epic battle on this force plane of existence between the past Jedi and Snoke. To where we see Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, Yoda, and Luke Skywalker fighting side by side against Snoke. That would be cool. I don't, I don't think it will happen, but like just the thought of that is so I mean, cool to me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I think it's far-fetched. And Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon will be in it as well. Well, well probably... Good old Qui-Gon. I don't think probably Qui-Gon Probably not, be in because it. he never got a physical form. Right? No. He, f- he figured out he, how to... Even in Clone Wars, he said, right. I can't manifest. Right. Or something to that effect. Right. Yeah. He, he never learned how to manifest. He just learned how like to do that. Bubble. Yeah. And so, so like I think that would be so cool, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Partially because, I mean, we... Well, okay. We have no idea how that planet of existence works, so maybe, but... Who knows? Eh, it's probably not going to happen. It would just I, be I, sick. I feel it would be really if you cool. got that like epic I like battle. I feel like that would be really stretching. Oh yeah, the Star Wars yeah, yeah, yeah. universe that we've all come to know. Like we've said before, right? And there's so many things completely that we, different, right? And there's so many Star things Wars. that like we don't know. But that, that's a stretch that we assume yeah. there's a cap on because we've seen things in the past mm-hmm. that like when this happens. Over here, we're like, oh, okay, I guess that we just stretched it to where this is reality right. now. So then, if something else happens, we would just be like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is reality mm-hmm. now. And I do think that that would be like insane. And, I, and I, like mm-hmm. I said, I don't think it'll happen. I just like to imagine right. like Yoda and Luke and Obi Wan and Anakin all fighting. Well, the way you do that is you you make the scene and then and then Ray wakes up and is like, and it was all just a dream. <laughs> yeah. and that would be super cool. Like, right? I, I don't know. I just think that would be super cool. I don't think it'll happen. I, I think Snoke's dead and if he comes back, it's a mistake. But that's the only way that he can come back. I and think the only the only dead. way that we see Snoke again in Episode Nine is... I think we I, definitely I, see flashbacks. I think, yeah, the only way we see Snoke in Episode Nine is flashbacks. And I did research... Um, which it's not, you know, obviously they're not going to re- no release the, yeah, they're, they're not going to release the full cast until the movie comes out just because they don't want things like that to get out. Right. Uh, but Andy Serkis is not on the current cast list, which would indicate Snoke is not in the newest movie. Right. But well, I mean, again, they don't really, release the full cast yeah, we list. We won't really know until like October of next year what yeah. the full cast list is probably. It'd be a little bit before that, but yeah. But, um, that being said, um... I want to answer this next one first. Okay, uh, we're not going <laughs> to get some, there. I got some strong. We're not going to get there quite yet. Oh, okay. Um, I want to know. Throw on another audible. Um, just a quick question because it's another thing that came up on Rebel Scum podcast that I, I just I really want to. I want to know your opinion on um, when Luke dies, quote unquote dies. 
at the end of Last Jedi. Um, a lot of people assume, because Kylo said earlier in the film, you're not doing this, the effort would kill you. A lot of people leave the theater thinking, well, Luke did this and that effort is what killed him. I align with the side of, no, that it, it's not what killed him. Uh, because then you get the line from Ray to Leia saying, it, it, peace and purpose. Yeah, he, he, he passed with peace and purpose. There's no pain. And so I think if Luke had died from the effort of the force projection, there would have been pain involved, you know? See, and so I, I, think, I think Luke... But I'll, I'll explain more. I think Luke kind of fades the same way that Yoda does in episode six. Well, where, that's, yeah, like, that's 100% what it is. Yeah, like Yoda... Yoda dies with peace and purpose. He rolls over in bed, falls asleep, and then transcends into the Force. Right. I think Luke does the same thing. Obviously, he doesn't roll over in bed and fall asleep. He gets up on the rock, he sees the twin sons, and that's the moment for Luke that he's like, okay, it's time to go join my masters. Yeah, right. and now, here's where I disagree with you on that. Uh, all of that is true, okay, from a certain point of view. Uh, okay, Ben. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, the effort... 100% is the cause of that. And, and I'll tell you why I think that. And it's because as soon as he stops, he falls. He is a sweaty mess. And he is, he is one sweaty boy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he is not doing well. And then, and then it's, it's in that moment that, yes, he does accept it. And he, he does pass on with peace and, and purpose. But it is because of that. If he hadn't done that... His life force wouldn't have been drained to the point where he would be he would be ready to do that because we see that just bef- like literally just before that he's still full of life. Sure, like he's not going to die at any point in that. When Yoda transcends into the Force and when Ben transcends into the Force, really, they're both really close to dead anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, not only are they just like super old and not really getting around real well, but. Like, Luke's mm-hmm. not that. Luke isn't that until he uses this mm-hmm. tremendous force power. And then, because of the effort... With, I agree with you in that it's, sense. It's not that, that, it's not that, like, using that force power then ended his life. It's that it, like, it sucked years off of his life, essentially. It's, it's not like it's a cancer that does kill him. Right. It's I, like it is he took his life and maybe he had like let's just say five more years, right? And he took those five years and he said, I don't need those. I'm going to use that life force as if it were like expendable thing, uh, theoretically, and then I am going to after doing that, I will not have much time left, so I'm I'm accepting that. Yeah, I think it's a both both Yeah. Things. Because and it's it because is the effort that causes yeah. it, or that starts it, right? But I think then, it's, it's but then the it isn't. Yes, yeah, the image you see him. of him like struggling to pull himself on the rock, but then also the yeah. line from Ray that gives you the idea. Okay, it's probably both. Right, like you're saying. Right, the effort didn't kill him, right. but it drained him. Drained him enough, and then he that saw he that he was like, okay, I'm done. Right. Yeah, not, it's, not it's time I'm, to go. Not I'm done. Like I can't survive anymore. Right. I'm it's done. Like, like I've, I've done my what purpose. I needed to do. Now I'm right. moving on. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I see it. It's right. both. I I can yeah. agree with that. I just I think if you'd have done it for longer, maybe it does kill him. Yeah. Well, I, and but, and I I truly believe that you know there are things within the force that you know the 
the force itself is, is you know life and death that feeds new life i mean right. ray says that and so i think the force itself use exerting yourself like that in the force yes it probably could kill you uh i think in luke's particular instance i don't think that's what killed him but i will agree with you that i think it, it was a factor right. yeah it was a factor in his decision to then transcend into the force um and like i said i think that if that scene extends for another five minutes, maybe it does kill Luke. Mm-hmm. But as it is, as it happened, the using the force power there didn't kill him. It just weakened him to a state that was less than ideal. And then he ready was like, on. "I'm yeah, I'm ready. I did what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. They got away because of it. I I'm I'm okay with this." Mm-hmm. And part of what, so my theory on Snoke being dead and and the reason is so that Kylo's arc is kind of heightened I think that's part of what Luke is doing right like I I, now I I don't know whether or not Luke knows where Kylo's at quote unquote spiritually right right (laughs) if you want to use it in those terms um which I do so I don't know if Luke knows this or not but Luke tells Kylo he's like if you strike me down in anger like I'll always be with you like, yeah in a sense saying like this act that you're about to try to do which you can't do and I right. know but this act that you're about to do is in a way your final step toward there's no return yeah and so then Kylo is like all right bud I'm gonna sprint at you as hard as I can scream as loud as I can like a caveman and just try to hack you down and it doesn't work Right. Which we know it wouldn't because see around, force kid. kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the best line of the. No, that's not the best line of the whole movie. It's, it's one, one of it's one of the best lines. Best. Really close. But there's a lot in that scene that's like okay. There's a lot that you see in Kylo that is his progression toward the point of no return. Yeah, but that's almost like the step off the cliff. Right. Essentially, is right. Luke saying that to him, and maybe that was his purpose. Right. Right. Because. Luke's thing is not to preserve the Jedi. He makes that very clear. Yeah. His his purpose is to have balance. Right. And to see well, the balance. Well, and then at the very end when he has that moment, or well, not at the very end, but when he has that moment with Yoda, I think he, it kind of clicks to him that the Jedi doesn't have to be what he thought it was. Yeah, like... That, that saying the end of the Jedi was really just saying the end of the way that I viewed the Jedi. Right. And that the Jedi needed to just be better essentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then at the end that's where that's why he comes that's why the line is uh, I will not be the last Jedi right uh, because he he understands it now yeah so I think um, I think that uh, Kylo killing Snoke obviously is a is a play to when Palpatine talks about killing Plagueis uh, because we know that it's kind of a thing for um the dark side force user apprentice to want to kill the master and rule the galaxy, right? Like Darth Vader tries to do it. Darth Maul tries to do it. Count Dooku tries to do it with Obi-Wan. Um, and so I think when, when Kylo kills Snoke, that to me is the moment when it's like, okay, yeah, this dude, there's, there's no return for this dude. But then, like you said, when, when he screams and runs at Luke thinking that Luke, he, he, he believes that Luke is physically in front of him. Right. 
and, uh, and if it's not the finals, it's the proof. Yeah, right. That's yeah. where well, he's and at. I think that right. it, I think that a hundred percent is because uh, I don't want to say this until we ask the last question. Okay, so let's so let's, let's use that, that. <laughs> let's use that as a segue. Um, we see Kylo fully like go. He goes like full dark when he kills Snoke, quote unquote, kills Snoke because we'll find out. Um, we believe he killed Snoke. When he kills Snoke, he goes full dark side, right? He goes full Sith. Uh, and then he asks the Jedi to join him, which is, you know, mirror from Count Dooku to uh, Darth Vader. Uh, and then we see the proof of it. You know, the proof is join in the pudding. Me. Together, we can rule the galaxy. We see the proof of it when he tries to kill Luke. Um, and then, obviously, when he says, you know, storm the base... No prisoners, you know, kill them all. No prison, like that. He's real dark. So, um, to play off of that, the only hope we think that, or, or, or the only hope I think, I don't know how you guys feel because we haven't had this discussion. I bet I feel differently. The only, <laughs> the only hope for Kylo to return to the light, um, I feel the only hope is is Ray, and uh, I feel that. Solely based on the fact that Carrie Fisher has passed and she cannot, she cannot physically be there to sway her son back to the light. I believe if Carrie Fisher had not passed, Leia is the last hope for Ben Solo. Um, due to Carrie Fisher's unfortunate death, I feel like they have to go in a different direction. Uh, that being said, I'll start this one <laughs> because I think Ray can swayed Kylo back to the light. I think she has the ability to uh, because you can tell, like you said earlier, Matt, you can tell clearly Kylo, he has feelings for Rey. You can In tell that. Sense, yeah. yeah. And I think Rey is the only hope to bring him back. Do I hope that she does? No. Um, I don't think she will. I don't think she wants to after what has happened. Uh, I don't, I don't want her to solely because I think if, and I, I think I heard it on the Collider Jedi Council's rule of two, I think one of them said, if they do that, it's too similar to return. It, it's, it mirrors it too closely with the redemption of the big bad and, you know, the Skywalker blood being evil and then that redemptive moment coming back. I think, I think for Kylo, um, for me to have a satisfactory ending to Kylo, Kylo dies evil. Uh, and, and they have said that this is the end of the Skywalker saga. What a better way to end the Skywalker saga than with the last Skywalker dying. <laughs> you know, and So I think Kylo dies. Does he get redeemed? Maybe. I hope not. I think, I think it takes away from Ryan Johnson's efforts in the last jedi if he comes back um but to answer the question can ray save kylo i think she can does she want to i don't think she wants to um nick all right so can ray save kylo no uh because when they have that moment in the throne room and she very very desperately pleads with him 
don't do this. And he completely ignores her. The feelings that he has for her are completely irrelevant. Even if they do exist, which I don't think that they really do. And the reason that I don't think that is because I think that his perception of her is based off of what Snoke showed them. Snoke admitted to showing exactly what they wanted to see mm-hmm. to draw them into that situation. So we can't we can't prove that anything that they saw that Kylo said that uh, we knew who Ray's parents were. Ray said that she saw that Kylo would come back to the light. Those could all be fake. Well, here's the thing. Ray doesn't say she saw Kylo come back to the light. She says, she says I saw I Kylo. Saw he he won't turn. bow to Snoke. No, he says, he, she says he will turn. Th- those that, those I think, are her exact words. I think that's based on turn. her interpretation of what she saw. No, I'm just saying, the, the, those are her well, exact I, I, words. In, right, she, you're, you're not wrong. I think... I think she said that based on her interpretation of what she saw when cuz she what says she what says to though. Ben you will not bow before Snoke. Maybe she all she saw was Ben not bowing before Snoke well, and took that to mean thing. he's going to turn to the light side. She wouldn't have said specifically he will turn if that's not what she saw. You know what I mean? We can't base anything off of anything except for what is said, right? But we can't even base things off of that. Because then Snoke says, I showed you those things. I'm the one that did all of that. So all of that could be false. Right? We may not know who Ray's parents are. We probably don't. That's the thing. I don't think we do. Even though it's said they were junk traders. That could just be a lie. We are like we know now that Ray's not a real name. Her dad was Watto. We, uh, did you see that? Okay, so we know that her name's not really Ray, because the helmet that she has, the uh, the Rebel fighter pilot, on the side of it is written the name of the pilot who wore that helmet before, and her name was R-A-E, Ray, and so she found this helmet and just started calling herself Ray, and then it stuck, and that's now her name is Ray. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. We literally know nothing about this girl now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if Kylo is redeemed, then this trilogy went nowhere. Mm-hmm. We I just agree. killed a lot of people for no reason. I agree. If, if Kylo dies evil, the exact same thing happens. We just killed a lot of people for nothing. Because then Hux just takes over the First Order. And the exact, and then the the story keeps playing out from there. The thing that I think has to happen is there has to be a moment where he's tempted by this redemption, and he's about to take it, and then is killed, and we don't get to know if he would take that choice or not. And it would be the worst cliffhanger of all time, because we wouldn't know. We'd have to but wait for the, some kind of novel series or something. Right. But that's the only way I see that this ending and it not just being, okay, well, I guess the First Order is just going to kill the rest of the Resistance now because Huck still has there's a gigantic army. Yeah, like there's literally like 12 people. <laughs> and then it's like, if, if you kill Kylo, 
Kylo's feelings towards the people who are still on the Falcon and part of the resistance at this moment are, in my opinion, the only reason that they're still alive. Hux doesn't have those feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hux would just blow that piece of junk out of the sky Mm -hmm. and then the series would be over. If Hux is given control of the First Order by Kylo being killed before Hux is being killed, like, Hux and Kylo both have to die in order for the good guys to win in 9. And it has to be Hux, then Kylo. (laughs) Because if it's the other way around, then the resistance is squashed like a bug because Hux just says, okay, now everybody go kill them. Mm -hmm. And they do that. Mm -hmm. So Matt, what do you think? Can Rey save him? And does she even want to? Um, My answer to both is no. And here's why. It's two little scenes towards the end of The Last Jedi that I might be reading into a little bit. No, I, I think I know what you're talking about, and it's 100% accurate. But I, I think this is true and because of the scenes. Um, I think, no, she can't, because Kylo pretty viciously and pretty like strongly spits at Luke saying I'll destroy her too Mm -hmm. that wasn't like a fake thing like that was just raw emotion he's like I'll destroy her too there's there's nothing in that feeling towards her when she said no immediately I'm not going to join you that shifted in him and he's like alright then you're my enemy and I have Mm -hmm. to destroy you you're not going to join me so I can keep you on a leash or keep you on wraps episode 3 Anakin if you're not with me then you're my enemy I will do what I must. You will try. Like, right. You know, like, it's that so, exact same mentality. So she's his enemy now. Like, that's how it is. And he makes that very clear to Luke's force projection. Um, he's out to destroy her now. The reason I don't think she wants to is, okay, their minds are still connected. Snoke may have connected them. There's a lot of, you know, have your theory about how they're connected. Um but they're still connected because they see each other right as before Rey gets on the Falcon. And she doesn't look very sympathetic uh-uh. toward him. She doesn't seem to be like, man, I'm so sorry this has worked out this way, but I'm going to get you. Like, I'm going to save you. She looks pretty angry. She looks resilient. Yeah. She looks yeah. like, all right, if that's the way it's going to be, you're going down, but Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and so there's an animosity that you see in both of them in two little scenes toward the end of that movie that makes me think, no, she can't save him because of where he's at. Again, spiritually. Air quotes, air quotes, spiritually. And does she want to? I don't think so. Well, she, because she knows where she's at. She literally closes the door on the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and see, here's the only reason. Um, the only thing. Have, have either of you read the novelization of The Last Jedi? Yes. No. The only thing you need to. It's awesome. Um, the only thing that makes me think maybe Ray might still think that there's hope to save Kylo, is in the novelization, um, she wakes up before him. She does in the movie, too. She wakes up before him after the throne room scene because she's gone when he wakes up. So obviously she wakes up first. Uh, But in the novelization, there's a moment where you're in Rey's head in the throne room, and she contemplates taking his lightsaber and killing him. (laughs) But then she changes her mind and doesn't and leaves him alive. And so that, to me, is the only... Now, obviously, you don't get that in the film, so people that only watch the film are, you know. Right. Um, but still, to me, it's like, you know, 
I think maybe maybe it's just a maybe it's just a note to to raise character of like who she is as a person. Not but right, yeah, person. but but also person, right? also I think maybe it's because like she does have this connection with him, and she does feel this you know she feels tension in him obviously, and so you know maybe she thinks that there's still a chance to bring him back. Maybe not. I don't I don't know where her head's at, but See, in the novelization that moment. It crosses her mind, and she chooses not to. And I think that that in the novelization is a uh, direct callback to Luke in Episode Six. Because it could be because in that moment, in what uh, I guess we call the throne room of uh, Palpatine, Luke has the exact same opportunity. The mm. only difference being that Vader is still conscious, conscious. and he has the lightsaber. And he can just strike him down mm-hmm. and end it all right there in his mind anyway. And he chooses not to. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that we don't see it in the movie. And I don't think it makes a big difference, really. But when you do read it in the it novelization, it, I think, it, I think it solidifies it her. Yeah. Because that is, that is, in my opinion, Ray accepting, no, I'm a Jedi. And see if Jedi don't do this. And see, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, to me, it, it can go either way. I'll accept either explanation from, from you know, Ryan Johnson or the author. I'll accept either explanation. Both of them make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally agree with you. Like, you know, on one hand, it could be her having those feelings for Kylo. But on the other hand, it could be her just saying, no, I'm a Jedi. Like, yeah, like I'm a I, Jedi like see, my father before me, even though... We don't know who her father is, but I still. Think, <laughs> I don't think that it really plays the, uh, the like, redeemable thing there. Because I think that, I, I don't think that she's thinking about that in that moment. And, and I could be wrong there, obviously. But I think that the only thing going through her mind right there is, if I kill him, what does that make me? Yeah. Not, or is, like, if not, I kill him, he what happens back? next? Right, not can he come back, but if uh, I kill him, what what do I become? Yeah, mm-hmm. because she's seen literally in that moment that he was teetering on the edge, similar to what she was doing, and when he killed Snoke, he toppled very very quickly into the dark. Mm-hmm. So if she kills him, does she then immediately topple into the dark as well? And I think that that's what she's thinking, and then she's like. That's not what I need to be. Mm-hmm. I could be I, wrong. I can agree with that. And, you know, obviously we all... Everything that we've said stands to be corrected by J.J. Abrams uh, yeah, in episode obviously. 9. You know, you know if, if we could be 100% accurate or we could be 100% inaccurate on everything yeah. we've just yeah, said. This yeah, whole until... Could be, right. Uh, I mean, we've got garbage. a year. Yeah. Like, year this time. In a year, we'll find out, you know. Right. And, and that's the thing is, like, we... All of this that we've said, I like. I believe in it a hundred percent. But come next December, I might look back and be like, "Wow, I'm an idiot. Like, yeah. I can't believe I didn't I see this coming." And see, hard. that's that's the yeah. thing is like, it's fun to sit around and talk like this and speculate on what we think could happen or what we think is going to happen and, and things like that. But um, uh, it's important to go into the next film with no expectation. Because Absolutely. you know, I think yeah. I think expectation. Which is my problem with this film. I think I went into it thinking yeah. there's going to be a lot of things 
that were going to be answered. And nothing was answered. And nothing was. And that was my initial, like, mm-hmm. ah, something's missing. It yeah. just adds questions. Yeah. Because yeah. my expectations weren't met. And yeah. that was my problem. I came in yeah. like, ooh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Yeah. This is going to happen. And none, none of it happened. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. see, that's the thing is, like, right. when you go in with those expectations, you leave feeling like, there's something, ah, missing. there's something missing and it leaves a lot to be desired and a lot for jj abrams to wrap up when you go into it with those expectations but right. you know and that's i've said it before and i'll say it again you know that's these theory videos and these you know speculations on who we think characters are and where characters are going that's great you know it's all fun and games but if you take these videos and podcasts to be like gospel truth when you go into the film and it's wrong you're not gonna like the film, right? I mean, just I love period. Gospel truth. <laughs> Here's the the last thing that I I would say about uh, the Last Jedi, is specifically people who like despise Ryan Johnson for this movie, is is that like, here's here's the thing. Ryan Johnson is not the person who changed Luke. First off, like let's let's just get that out of the way. The biggest complaint that you see about The Last Jedi is Ryan Johnson ruined Luke Skywalker. He didn't make that choice. J.J. Abrams made that choice for him. Mm -hmm. J.J. Abrams said in the opening crawl of The Force Awakens, Luke is gone. Luke has disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Johnson didn't make that choice. Then you get into further things. Like The only thing I can even like remotely agree with is like Canto Bite, and I can only remotely agree with it because here's the thing: if you don't think that it has a place in the movie, you're wrong, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But you're wrong, <laughs> and and there's just there's no character development for Fennel Rose if that doesn't happen. Mm. But and see, people I've heard people say like, if you take Canto Bite out of the movie and put something else in its place, then the film doesn't lose anything. And to that, I'm like, why would you like? If you're taking something out of the movie, why would you put something else in? Like, well, if what else is, would you put in? Right. Yeah, the thing like, is what, that's, what are that's you going to put in? That's just not true. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I think, I think Canto Bite was great, and I think the, the I think it's a junior novel or a graphic novel or, or something. There's a Canto Bite book that it's I don't own it, but I've it's so small I flipped through it one Walmart trip, and it's I mean it's awesome. Yeah, I think Canto Bite is really cool because it it does show us that side of the galaxy we've never seen because you yeah. know all we've seen up to this point through one through six is like we've seen the bright center of the universe in Coruscant and then we've seen the planet that the that the bright center of the universe is furthest from in Tatooine right <laughs> well and, and that's the thing is like if you just look at the episodes we've never seen like the middle uh-huh. you know what I mean and that's what Canto Bite is Canto Bite is the middle where we've we've seen like the evil places and the good places and yeah. people, right? But we've never seen the middle ground where the people who are just existing. We've based never off seen of both. We've never seen now. DJ. Rogue One, you see that. We've never seen more. DJ. Period. Yeah, you see and, it blurred in Rogue One and in Solo, but other than that, I think huh. I think to sum everything up, I think um, the Last Jedi. Then was great. Now still great. Ten out of ten. We'll watch again. <laughs> I will watch again. Faux show. Um, I think. I've got the special issue. Yeah, of course I'm going to. Yeah, watch. exactly. I think Snoke is dead. I think we can all agree that Snoke is dead. Um, I think wow, also. Wow. 
we can all agree that that <laughs> I think we can also all agree that um, there's slim to no chance that Kylo comes back, uh, and and I think that's the right move, honestly. Now, there is something we're running close to uh, an hour and a half here. Yeah, it'll be all right. But I do want to throw one more thing at you that I heard on Collider. More curveballs. Yeah, more curveballs. Sorry. It just just sparked all of a sudden when we were talking about it. Kind of like the spark that the resistance is now? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. With the Um, spark. So on uh, on Collider Jedi Council Rule of Two podcast, they were discussing... um, it's an entire episode. If you haven't watched it, you need to go watch it. I think it's a, it's called, like, How Would George Lucas Have Done This Equals? Uh, and George Lucas has openly stated that if he were writing and directing the sequels, they would have delved more into the midichlorians and that sort of thing. Uh, and they brought up the point. I don't think there's any validity to it at all because J.J. and Ryan kind of, they were like, okay, yeah, good job, George. We're going to do this instead. Um, but there's a line that they kind of pulled from in Force Awakens where Kylo says, I will finish what you started. And that sparked a whole discussion for them of like, okay, well, the whole point of Darth Vader uh, was to influence midichlorians to create life. Uh, and so they went off on this tangent of like, what if Kylo's goal, while he's searching the galaxy for these relics and learning the history of his grandfather, he comes across this you know, recording of something where... Um, of his grandpa killing younglings? No. No. He comes across something to the sense of... <laughs> too soon. Too soon? Yeah. Of, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but it's too soon. <laughs> he comes across some kind of evidence of Darth Vader longing to influence midichlorians. And so, in Kylo's mind, it's like, okay, I will finish what you started. I will learn how to do this. And they were like, okay, so what if that's... Kylo's endgame is learning how to influence midichlorians and the way to his redemption is like if Rey dies and he brings her back to life and I thought it was cool to think about I think it's yeah, a cool sure. theory sure but, why not but I don't think I don't think there's any validity to it at all oh um, boy that's a little, oh little far fetched yeah I don't yeah, think there's yeah. any validity to it at all it's an um, interesting it'd be cool theory. but it, yeah. it, it would be cool you know if just because like since episode one midichlorians have been thrown in the trash and I think that's basically I think that's a disservice because Man, that's so dumb. Like midichlorians are so cool, though. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I love do that too. Idea. Because it makes it to where, like, the force is not inherent. Like everybody has the force. Everybody has midichlorians. Like I think, right. I think whether whether you realize it or not, everybody has midichlorians. Like Padme clearly has midichlorians. George Lucas is apparently on record as to saying Padme has more midichlorians than Anakin. That's probably true i don't know i haven't heard that before don't fact check us but no like there was a whole article about it not too long ago i i'd believe it i didn't read it i just looked at the title so it could have been spam and completely false (laughs) it turns out it's an onion yeah probably (laughs) babylon bb but but i think you know i think that would be kind of cool to to delve more into midichlorians i think that uh, lucasfilm and disney should maybe not let george lucas direct and write a you know, motion picture or anything like that. No, but like hundred percent let him. But like <laughs> write a me? write yeah. a book or do it, man. Well and you know, I'm not saying that George Lucas shouldn't. I'm just saying like I think it would be cool to get like a book or uh, maybe like a short or like a TV series where they 
delve into the more scientific side of supposedly of he's the one working on Kenobi. That would be awesome. I mean, that'd be he's, really cool. Uh, they've already talked to the government in Northern Ireland to uh, film there. I think that would be really awesome. Um, and I think, <laughs> but who knows? That could just be a ploy. Yeah, probably. It's the follow up on the onion. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was like an actual news article that I read that they had talked to the government in, uh, I want to say it was Northern Ireland, uh, about filming, but they didn't, uh, f- filming a project and then reportedly one of the, uh, like, government officials that was a part of it had, had like, leaked something about Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that. Hmm. But... We'll see. I mean, that could we'll just see be Disney being like, that could just be Disney being like, they want to see that. So let's just like, let's pretend like we're filming so that mm-hmm. they're happy. And then next May we'll be like, mm-hmm. surprise, we're not doing anything anymore. Star Wars is dead. And then we'll <laughs> our hearts. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out a celebration. Um, we sold it. <laughs> I'll make my own Obi-Wan film. Yeah. <laughs> it will suck. But I will love it. <laughs> uh, All right. So, I'll do it um, my way. So we're we're pushing an uh, hour and a half here, hour and twenty eight minutes right now. Uh, you know what that means? We got about one minute until we gotta end. Yeah, that's right. So, womp, womp. guys, burr, burr. thanks for joining me. Um, we had a lot of fun yeah. discussion. We had a lot of uh, deep sweaty stuff. To I talk hated about. it. I'm sure you did. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. <laughs> Smell like dogs. <laughs> I was playing with dogs earlier. Yeah. I don't want that to sound like. <laughs> grosser than I always one. smell like <laughs> <laughs> you guys are terrible anyway um, yeah, well you invited us yeah won't be doing that again you only got no, 40 seconds kidding. you better hurry guys thanks for joining me and thanks for having me Matt where can they find you on social media uh, Instagram and Facebook I'm, I'm terrible at social social media though so it's like if you follow me you're gonna see lots of pics of Kansas City <laughs> uh, posts about the Bible or European soccer, and that's about it. So if you don't like one of those three things, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> you, you don't have to follow me. Um, Instagram, I, to be honest, I don't even know what it is. Just search my name, Matthew Brown. Maybe the number three after it. I don't know. And then Facebook, I didn't know what it was. Nicholas had to look it up. Your, your Instagram Matthew is Brown. Matthew Brown three. Sweet. Your Facebook is Matthew, Matthew Brown, Brown 10. 10, right? Because yeah. I think there were already nine of them. <laughs> there, there were nine, nine other Matthew Brown. There were only nine. Jeez. <laughs> Nick, what about you? Where can they find you? Uh, my Instagram is Nick underscore Brown 35. My Facebook is facebook.com slash OGFrenzyIX. Sure. And then you can find me on other stuff if you really want to, but those are what I use. Well, my Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are all the same at the Joshua Brown one but you can also follow us at the nerdcast one on all three of those platforms uh, and stay tuned for the giveaway uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, we will be announcing or I will be announcing I guess the winner in probably our first episode of the new year I'm gonna draw uh, and announce and then reach out to the winner so stay tuned for that guys I'm very excited to be able to start doing this podcast because it's something that I've wanted to do for a very long time and um, I'm glad that I finally have the opportunity to sit down and do it so guys it's been fun